on your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Well, finally, we've gotten to the weekend. I don't know about you, but not leading the show yesterday with NFL was really, really, really weird. But I do think there is a legitimate discussion to be had uh, which which fan base that's going to go out and see their team at home this weekend has the chance to be the most crushed. Ken Levick alive on a Friday here on ESPN 106.3. We are on the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google Play. ESPN 106.3. Stone the Benowitz, Friday Night Lights running things, keeping us on task until 2 o'clock from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the overcast and rainy yet warm intercoastal. All right, uh, so let's go through what we have this weekend in the NFL. And I know that Evan just made his picks. Uh, let's uh, reset the, uh, the NFL schedule for you as we get into the divisional round. And as Jeanette correctly pointed out, it's divisional round, 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 round. I thought that it was going to be dynamic divisional round. Didn't roll off the tongue real well. Uh, all right. So tomorrow, you've got the Bengals at the Titans in Nashville. You've got the 49ers at Lambeau against the Packers. You have Tampa Bay hosting the Rams on Sunday, and you have the Chiefs playing host to Buffalo on Sunday evening. So your home teams, the Titans, the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs. This is the time of year in the playoffs where... This is where it feels like you can get tight. This is where it feels like you either are a contender or a pretender. This is where you know if your team has a chance. I think we can all agree that we believe that the Titans are one of the weaker, at the very least, one of the most vulnerable one seeds we have seen in several years coming off a bye in the NFL playoffs. Even going back to when there were two teams that had an opening round bye, it feels like the Titans are vulnerable. And one of the reasons that is is because they don't have an all-world quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's just a guy. We know that here in South Florida. We spent seven seasons seeing that Ryan Tannehill is just a guy. He's not special, but he's good enough for that team. The thing about the Titans is that the defense is good, but is it great? No. Is Ryan Tannehill good? Sure. Derrick Henry's great, and they haven't had Derrick Henry. They are going to have Derrick Henry, but what kind of Derrick Henry are they going to have against the Bengals? The Titans are there to be picked off. Here's the issue, though, with me, is that if it was a different team, if it was either Buffalo or Kansas City, that was going to Nashville, I think it would be a no-brainer. The Titans are going down. But just because the Bengals make you feel good doesn't mean that they're capable of pulling off the upset. Not yet. Not yet. Now, don't tell that to Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, who you hear with Max Kellerman and Jay Will 
every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. Keyshawn Johnson, he's, uh, he's feeling good about the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen to him this morning handicapping this divisional round game between Cincinnati and Tennessee. I'm taking Burrow and Chase. I'm not even thinking about it. This is a matchup made in heaven. Two guys that went to LSU together, they just been phenomenal. People tried to tell me, and I wouldn't listen, that they were going to light up the scoreboard in the National Football League. But I was wrong. Now I'm right because I'm picking them. Okay. So am I I mistaken or I just hear Keyshawn Johnson, the reason he's taking the Bengals over the Titans is because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase played with one another in college at LSU. That, my friends, is the type of breakdown you're getting 6 to 10 a.m. every day here on ESPN 106.3. The Bengals will win because their quarterback and top receiver played with one another in college. Okay. But it doesn't change the fact, yeah, Cincinnati's a good team. The Bengals are a good team. Joe Burrow, awesome. Jamar Chase, even more awesomer. Makes Joe Burrow awesome. But I just don't know if there's enough there. Just because the Bengals make you feel good, just because the Bengals are cute, doesn't mean that they're capable of going in against a Tennessee team that, yeah, they seem vulnerable, but this isn't their their first go-around in a pressure playoff moment. This isn't their first go-around deep into a postseason. Mike Vrabel knows what he's doing. Ryan Tannehill, man, it pains me to say this as a Dolphins guy. Ryan Tannehill knows what he's doing. Derrick Henry knows what he's doing. A.J. Brown, dynamic. The defense, good enough. If it was the Bills or the Chiefs, I'd say, yep, see you later, Titans. One seed, done. But because it's the Bengals, Tennessee is going to live to see another week. They're safe as a home team. I think the, 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 the Titans are safe as a home team. Then you go to the 49ers and the Packers. This is going to be tight. This is going to be problematic. This is going to be an issue for Aaron Rodgers and company. But if you're telling me that the two X factors are Aaron Rodgers against Jimmy Garoppolo, you know who I'm going with. I know Debo Samuel has been the most dynamic individual weapon in the NFL, arguably, this season. The guy who can do everything on offense. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, that offense is clicking. It's full cylinder, man. Devontae Adams offsets what Debo Samuel's bringing. Is it going to be easy? No. But does it feel like the Packers hold serve and at least get back to the NFC Championship game? Yeah. It sort of feels like it. It sort of feels like it. Then we go to Tampa. Tampa and the Rams. And I think it's easy to fall into this trap here. I think it seems sexy for the Rams to go into Tampa and beat Tom Brady. But let's not forget, if we didn't see the Rams beat up on the Cardinals the way they did, you know what we'd still be saying about L.A.? You know what we'd still be saying about the Rams? Man, Matt Stafford really likes to throw it to the other team. This is still the same Matt Stafford. This is Matt Stafford that, yeah, he won his first playoff game, but now he's going on the road. Matt Stafford on the road against the defending champs, traveling 3,000 miles to do it, that makes me wildly uncomfortable about picking an upset. That doesn't make me feel good, Matt Stafford on the road in the playoffs. Uh Uh-uh. Not against that Bucs team. 
even if they are shorthanded, even if they're banged up offensively, even if they have problems in the receiving core, give me Brady, give me the Bucks, give me the acumen, give me the championship knowledge there. And that brings us to the Chiefs and Buffalo. There's a reason that this is the tightest line of any of the games this weekend in the NFL. Vegas knows it. We know it. Common sense dictates the Bills could quite possibly be, to me, when they're on the most complete team left in the postseason. Josh Allen, he can play in any condition. He's been in an AFC championship game against this team that they're playing. And I think most of us can agree, Kansas City of last year at this time, a little bit different, a little bit more explosive than Kansas City at this time this year. The Chiefs have figured it out, and they've turned it around. Evan Cohen said it, though, at 11.55. It's still a Kansas City team that won 11 games in the regular season. This is not insurmountable. And the Bills, what a pick-me-up that was last week. Not to just beat the Patriots, but to embarrass the Patriots. To make an example of the Patriots. To make sure that Patriots fans knew you're no longer the top of the AFC East. You're no longer the class of the division. That's us. There is no team constructed better and more capable of going on the road and picking up a win in this divisional round than Buffalo is going in and humbling Patrick Mahomes. Again, is it going to be close? Absolutely. Is it going to be a war? For sure. And I don't think that you can look at last year and say, ah, the Bills are inspired because of what happened at Arrowhead a season ago. No, that's overrated, I think. But the fact that they were there is significant. And the fact it's against this team is significant. And now the moment's not too big for the Bills. Because they've been there. Because they understand. Because it is in the same Kansas City team. This really feels like the Bills have a date in the AFC Championship game. The Bills are a better team than the Chiefs. If the Bills play like the Bills, they are better than Kansas City. Both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, they move on to the AFC title game. I think the Chiefs are going to struggle to hold serve. But let's talk about these home teams. Tennessee, Green Bay, the Buccaneers, and the Chiefs. All of these teams are going to be in a battle. I don't foresee... I don't foresee any of these games getting away into blowout territory except maybe the Buccaneers and the Rams. I think the Buccaneers have the best chance to hold serve this weekend against the Rams. Even coming off of an emphatic home playoff win, Matt Stafford finally getting that first postseason victory. I think the Buccaneers have the best chance of pulling away and having a fairly comfortable home playoff win. The Buccaneers, to me, have the best chance to hold serve. Which home team this weekend has the best chance to hold serve in the NFL playoffs? The Titans, the Packers, the Buccaneers, or the Chiefs? I'm going Bucks. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Again, 888-760-3776. Which home team this weekend has the best chance to hold serve? 
It's the Buccaneers. I actually don't even think it's it's much of a debate here. The Titans, sure, they're the one seed, but again, they seem like a flimsy one seed. Because you don't know what Derrick Henry is going to be there coming off of the injury. If it's anything like Cam Akers with L.A., then okay. Then they're a much more solid-feeling one seed. But if you're talking about one seeds, the Packers or the Titans, yeah, the more superior one seed is Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. The Packers, there's intrigue here because there's a contingent rooting against Aaron Rodgers. And there's the intrigue because Aaron Rodgers hasn't put together the ultimate postseason in over a decade at this point. And it provides for some damn good sports talk radio banter on Monday if the Packers go down. I mean, there's some praying going on. There's some bad karma attempting to be sent the Packers' way because people want to see Aaron Rodgers go down. People want to see the Packers go down. Want to know why? It's good for business. It's good for drama. It's good for discussion purposes. It's outstanding for debate. Stephen A., he wants to yell about it Monday. The Chiefs, I kind of feel like that's a little bit uneasy. I think they have the home team with the worst opportunity to hold serve. They have the worst matchup. They're the home team with the worst matchup in the playoffs this weekend. But then there's the Bucks. I do not, I unequivocally do not trust Matt Stafford on the road in the playoffs. Mm-mm. Odell's on a roll. Great. Cam Akers, he's a freak of nature. Fine. The defense is good. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald wants to eat you. I, I know. I understand. I get it. But I don't like them on the road against the defending champions. Injured or not, Tampa Bay, I think, has the best chance to win by two scores and go on to the NFC Championship game. Which home team in the playoffs has the best chance to hold serve? Which home team, NFL Divisional Round, has the best chance to hold serve and move on to the Conference Championship game? Home team with the best chance. Is it the Titans, the Packers, the Buccaneers, or the Chiefs? 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Stone, when I'm going through these, these four games here, uh, I just how can you deny Brady and the Bucks? Because the Rams, while they looked good against the Cardinals, things things really seem popsicle stick construction at times with the Rams. And we talked about legacy. And your point yesterday was, uh, or two days ago, Matt Stafford, he's the one who has the pressure on him because this is a Rams team that's sort of, they, they've gone all in. This is the postseason. they got to get it done because you don't know how long you're actually going to have this window to compete if you're the Rams. I think the pressure and going against the Buccaneers in this spot on the road, that's going to be way too much for the Rams to overcome. That's why I'm, I'm feeling downright comfortable that the Buccaneers win at home. And I think you should. When I try to find reasons to go against the Bucs, I can't find any. I feel like if you're a Rams fan or anybody who wants the Rams to win, you're just kind of hoping and praying. There's like a fingers crossed There's type like a of fingers mindset. crossed type of mindset. Exactly. Like you mentioned you don't trust Matthew Stafford in the playoffs. What in the past has yeah. shown us there, to trust him in the playoffs? Right. There's no body of work where you say, ah, oh, yeah, Matt Stafford should be fine. He'll overcome that. So you're just hoping and praying. And if you're hoping and praying against Brady, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not in good shape. So I want to disagree with you because I would love to see L.A. play well and it'd be like an offensive battle and Stafford and Brady kind of go at it. But, yeah, I mean, if he throws a pick in that first quarter and Tampa Bay goes up 14-love, 
I mean, I don't know how they get out of that hole. Now, as far as the home team that you're you're most concerned about, like for me, it's Kansas City, strictly because the Bills, I think, are the best team remaining in the AFC. So how can I argue with that? Even if they're going on the road, I think the Bills have the best chance of a home upset. But it's tricky. It's tough because this is the same team that's been to back-to-back Super Bowls that they're going against. It's very disrespectful and almost dismissive of me to be picking and singling out the Chiefs as the home team that I think is most likely to be picked off. Totally. I, in my opinion, I think the Chiefs are the best by-the-dip spot. I mean, all season the long. How is that? By the dip, when when it goes low, when the stocks go low, you buy low and you sell high. Oh, okay. I, I like your financial outlook on that. The Chiefs are just a team right now that aren't getting the respect. Hence, you know, you kind of dismiss them. I do. I do. It's. I, I feel like it's going to come back to burn me, right? Like, this is going to be a classic situation where I come here Monday and I have to play this exchange and relive my uh, my shame picking against the Chiefs. But... I can't deny what the Bills are. I love the fact that you said they have a date with the AFC Championship. I think it's like destiny. Like, if they don't get over the hump now, when do they is what we're going to be talking about. So I think they can do it right now. I agree with you on that. There is a lot on the line here for the Bills. There's a lot. If they can't get to the AFC Championship game again, and I know that there's, there's youth on that team, but an offensive line doesn't last forever, uh, especially with some of the veterans they have along the line. When do we, if the Bills fall short, and again, I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I think they at least have the best chance of a road win in this postseason. But if the Bills don't win, do we start having the legitimate conversation, is this going to happen for the Bills? Because then we start thinking, oh, well, this Bills organization, four straight Super Bowls, never won a title. It's just just sort of, even though there's no reason to connect the two. It was 30 years ago. There should be no reason to connect the two, but you start to have a little bit of questions about, do the Bills have enough? Do they have enough exactly. to, to ever win the AFC, to get to the Super Bowl? And think about it. This is only, with this group, this is only really playoff appearance number three for this core group uh, in wow. Buffalo. But this is playoff appearance number two consecutively now for what we know the Bills as, which is AFC East champion which is a sexy pick to win a Super Bowl. When they're backing in after a tight win over the Dolphins and going to Jacksonville to get clobbered four years ago, that was like a a backing in, fine, feel-good story, LaShawn McCoy, good season, thumbs up. But this is Bills. We think they're the best team in the AFC. Can they prove it? They have to prove something. It's time for them to prove what we believe they've done and that's ascend to that next level. Right. We're getting a sense that the Patriots just passed them the torch in the AFC East. Yeah. So, so now what's next? So what's the, next? Yeah, that torch has been passed. So right. But that's not going to be good enough ultimately. It's not going to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that torch got passed and that raises the expectations a little bit. Bingo. Now that you, are, you have established yourself as the Patriots killer, you've consistently done it now. You got to go somewhere else with the talk in the locker room. And and I can tell you this firsthand is, you know, that wasn't our goal, guys. Our goal was to not just beat the Patriots and, you know, lead the AFC East. Our goal is to do bigger things. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to go to an AFC championship. Our goal is to win a Super Bowl. They are not caring or talking about anymore beating the Patriots. So I I know how that locker room, they have bigger goals. They have higher expectations. It's just tough. If you're the Bills, we're having a much different conversation if they're taking on the Titans because you say, yeah. They're, I think they're absolutely going to get past Tennessee and set up that matchup with Mahomes, but they get Mahomes in the divisional round. 
And that inherently is uh, a more daunting opposition. There's obviously last year falling to them in the AFC Championship game, and there's the fact you get them now, and you could very well not accomplish even getting back to the AFC title game. Exactly. So all of these things add up to a little bit of pressure, a little bit of tension there with the Bills. But again, they're best suited to pick up a road win in these playoffs. When we're talking home teams, though, who has the best chance to hold serve? We've talked about We think KC has the worst chance. Who has the best chance to hold serve, though, and advance on to the conference championship this weekend of the four games? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Give me Brady. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. That's at ESPN West Palm. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. There's no better home game out there than the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Uh, also, because you can not only take classes on campus in Boca, but you can do it from literally your own home remote learning remote classes with the fau mba sport management program all of it adds up to getting your mba in sport management and becoming extremely professionally attractive to the sports industry countless examples of those who have gotten their mba in sport management at florida atlantic and boom you have a job in sports dream realized it's as simple as that log on fau.edu slash mba sport that's fau edu slash mba sport get the information sign up for classes now summer and fall 2022 spots are available to take dr jim reardon's course and get your mba in sport management and start your career in the sports industry fau.edu slash mba sport fau.edu slash mba sport we're finally here Playoff football is just over 24 hours away the divisional round which home team has the best chance to advance on which home team has the best chance of winning holding serve this weekend the titans the packers the buccaneers or the chiefs 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 he's still in the banowitz i'm ken lavica i'm live on espn 1063 you are listening to ken lavica live on espn 1063 here's ken lavica <laughs> I just feel good about the Bucks. I feel good about Tampa Bay, and I know I'm not saying anything novel. Ah, give me Brady in the playoffs. I know, what a shocking take on my end. But I, I truly think that Tampa Bay has the best chance of pulling away, having a pretty easy win, and uh, going on to the NFC Championship game. Now, who they face is an entirely different question. I think the Packers, hang on, I think... The NFC Championship game is at Lambeau again, I think. But why do I keep going back to these question marks? Why does it seem so dicey all the time when it comes to Rodgers and company? I fall into that trap where I just don't trust him, though I don't think it's Air Rodgers' fault necessarily that they've fallen short so many times of going back to the Super Bowl. Which home team in the NFL playoffs this weekend has the best chance to hold serve? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And again, you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Which home team has the best chance to hold serve? Now, Damian Woody 
was on uh, with, uh, with with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Will and Max Kellerman this morning, and uh, he was discussing uh, the the NFL playoffs and. And this, I thought, was at least something to think about. Here's Damian Woody. This is a heavyweight bout right here. Two teams, very talented on both sides of the ball. Two elite quarterbacks, skilled position players all littered all over the field. And I think from the Chiefs' perspective, they got to contain Josh Allen. Josh Allen might be the most special quarterback in the National Football League, both with his arm and using his legs. They designed runs for Josh Allen. And so when he gets outside the pocket, man, he makes special things happen. So containing Josh Allen in the pocket, to me, is going to be paramount for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, this is definitely, I agree with him, this is definitely the heavyweight bout of the divisional run. But that also is such a, and, and while the, the, the Chiefs have the best chance of being picked off of all the home teams, I think, that's such a disadvantage for the Bills because now there's so many expectations. No road team is going to have more expectations than the Bills. And there's a couple of reasons. There is a, a couple of layers to this. It's because the Bills are beloved now. The Bills, I think if you took a poll, the majority of America wants Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl. A barstool has adopted them. Everybody sees Buffalo fans throwing themselves through tables. Josh Allen is just this big old dump truck of a quarterback uh, that, that that people enjoy watching plow over defenders or throw the ball 75 yards. Like, they're fun. They haven't been there in an awful long time. That increases the appeal, but it also inherently puts the pressure on them big time. Bills fans, I've got to think right now, are a mix of confident but also concerned. It seems like things were too easy last week, and... You're taking on the team that you're trying to vanquish, the team that beat you in the AFC title game, and you're doing it in the divisional round. You may end up falling short of where you ended up. And that would be difficult to swallow, but all the hype now is on Josh Allen. There's so much hype around the Bills. That's why it's, it's as a fan, if you're a fan of the Bills, how one, how weird is that? that your team has become the favorite. Your team is the one that everybody's rallied around. And two, to have legitimate expectations to the point where if the Bills don't win, it's going to be disappointing. On the road in the playoffs, uh, that, I don't know. I just know as a Bills fan, I, would, I wouldn't feel great about it. I would feel a little uneasy about it. But I'm also a pessimist. I'm also a cynic when it comes to that. Like when you have a dope like me jumping on the air and saying, yeah, hey, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills. Best chance to beat a beat a home team in the playoffs. I don't know. It's it, it, it is really like that's that's Tom Brady Patriot stuff. Like the expectation of yeah, yeah, they're gonna go on the road and get the job done. Brady didn't always get it done. These are the the back to back AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs, where I'm just like, yeah, the Bills got him. Bills have the best chance of winning on the road. Whew, times have changed. Times have absolutely changed. Which home team has the best chance to hold serve? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Now, I found something interesting here, Stone. Uh, for the win, uh, had a, a an interesting opinion piece that they put out uh, last night. And I want to read it because I, at first I said, okay, 
I, I, I get it. That works for me. But then, uh, I actually don't know if this is an apt comparison. Let me read this from Robert Zaglinski for the win. The headline is Pat Mahomes versus Josh Allen, the modern answer to Brady and Manning. Early 2000s America was quite the terrifying place. Popped collars and cuffed jeans, often glittered, were considered trendy and even cool by the nation's youth. Thanks to the ubiquitousness of a wave of boy bands, highlights in your hair were not only the very peak of accessorizing your hair, they were actually mandatory. NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys were never more influential. Before it became a pillar that helped erode the world's social fabric, Facebook was just a somewhat convenient way to keep in touch with friends and family and share photos from your life. But only if you could figure out how to upload them in your computer with dial-up internet. Now, it was also all about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in the NFL, in the sports world. It didn't matter that a quarterback couldn't directly influence another quarterback's performance, save for making them chase a lead. Everyone knew these were all-time greats before they could be canonized, pilloried, and debated about ad nauseum. It is still the only pro football quarterback rivalry to have its own distinct Wikipedia page. That's what happens when you meet in the playoffs five times from 2001 to 2015. Brady versus Manning. Ladies and gentlemen, let me present to you the new Brady versus Manning, the new quarterback head-to-head, Patrick Mahomes against Josh Allen. As the leader of an arguably the league's best team over the last half decade, the 26-year-old Mahomes already has a lavish throne all to himself. Not only have his Chiefs played in every AFC championship game since he became a full-time starter in 2018, it's a total shock to the system when he only slightly lights up a hapless defense. That's opposed to making them rebuild from scratch right then and there. We might as well coin it the Mahomes effect. Mahomes has been so good and so fast through just four full seasons as a starter that it's been hard to imagine any relevant challenger upending Kansas City so long as he's healthy while he unleashes bombs and darts to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, respectively. That is, until now, enter Josh Allen. Oh, wait, you've already met, and you seem pretty similar. Take it from former Chiefs, now current center Mitch Morris, who played with both and called them consummate leaders. And so the gist of this is that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going to be the new Brady and Manning. This is the best quarterback head-to-head now in the NFL. It makes sense, but I also think we hardly have the sample size. I definitely don't think we've seen enough of these two, nor know the actual trajectory of the Bills for us to say that Mahomes and Allen are the new Brady and Manning. As this piece said, they matched up five different occasions. We're talking high-stakes divisional round and AFC championship games. We are not there yet with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Is it sexy? Sure. Is this the great quarterback rivalry in the NFL? I don't know. I honestly would take Rodgers and Brady as the best quarterback rivalry over Mahomes and Allen. What is the best head-to-head quarterback rivalry right now in the NFL? And in fact, we can even open it up to all sports. What's the best player versus player head-to-head right now in sports? Is it Mahomes and Allen? Two young stud quarterbacks? Is it the old men, Rodgers and Brady? What about in the NBA? Steph versus KD, but it's weird because they're in different conferences now. What's the best player head-to-head now if it's not Allen and not Mahomes? 
888-760-3776. Also, the home team that has the best chance to hold serve this weekend, I say Tampa Bay. I do not like the Rams' chances going 3,000 miles and winning at Raymond James Stadium. Which NFL Divisional Playoff home team has the best chance to advance this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Kevin is in Lake Worth. Kevin's on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Kevin? How are we doing, guys? Good, man. So, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't like the Bucks this weekend just because they are banged up, uh, not only in their wide receiving core, but Tristan Wirfs is hurt. Uh, even I don't know if he's been ruled out, but even if he plays, I don't love a right tackle with, uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, and, the, and the Rams are actually the opposite. They're getting healthier. They're getting Cam Akers back, who off a of torn Achilles looked great uh, last week. And the one thing that Tampa Bay does well defensively is the one thing that the Rams don't have to do, and that's, that's run the ball. They can throw the ball on Tampa, which they did earlier this year in the, in the regular season. So I don't, I don't like the Bucks at all this weekend, which it, it pains me to say because I respect Brady and love, I would love to see him do as well as he possibly can without Belichick. Um, but one team that nobody's really talking about, even though they are the – the, the the first seed in the AFC is the Titans because the they're not they sexy. Get, they get they're not sexy, but they now they get Derrick Henry back, and I, it, it was tough to beat them without Derrick yeah. Henry. Now they get him back. I they're at home. I don't see them losing this week. I, that's the one home team that I feel confident in betting. You feel the most sure about uh, about Tennessee. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Kevin. I now we do have Tristan Wirfs who did practice today. Now, Bruce Arians is still calling Wirfs a game-time decision. Yeah, I get it. The offensive line injuries, that's concerning. That's an issue. Uh, the wide receiver injuries, that's a problem. I don't... I, I think here's my thing with the Ramstone. My thing with the Rams is, and maybe I'm being way too myopic about this, I don't trust Matt Stafford. I just don't. Not on the road. And like you said earlier, and you're right, we don't have a base for road playoff success. We don't have a blueprint. We don't have a resume. We don't have any background on Matt Stafford in a situation like this other than knowing that he was prone to throwing the ball to the opposite uniform this year. What if I put it to you like this? Quarterbacks need to go out there comfortable and confident, right? We presume Matt Stafford's not going to do that early on. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's say he gets a lot of opportunities with a 0-0 score line. That, like Kevin just said, that defensive line for LA is going to cause a lot of problems yeah, it, for Tampa Bay. It is going to be. It's going to be a situation where the longer it stays close, obviously the better chance the Rams are going to have, and it puts Stafford in a much less stressful situation. What you can't have happen is what the Eagles fell victim to, and that's get dinged on a couple of possessions early from the Bucks, and then you're playing catch-up. The Rams with Stafford are not going to succeed playing catch-up against the Bucks. Absolutely not. The and, only and, way you beat him is you've got to keep him off the field. I mean, here, maybe I am in the wrong here. I mean, the fact that I am focusing solely on my, my inherent mistrust of Matthew Stafford, and I don't think Matthew Stafford's bad. But I don't know Matthew Stafford in the biggest moments. I don't know Matthew Stafford 
ever having success on the road in the playoffs. I don't know that because it hasn't happened. He just, for the first time in his long, not short, long career, just won a playoff game. How often do we come across opportunities where guys can cement themselves in history? Like, he's been waiting for this. You are a three-point underdog to the greatest quarterback of all time on the road. Against the defending champs. Against the defending champs in a game you've never been in. And reaching for something you've never reached for. I mean, like, how often do guys come across this opportunity? When are we going to see Dame Lillard get a shot? When are we going to see these guys who don't have these opportunities? (laughs) I think Dame's going to be waiting a while. Right, and we thought Matthew Stafford was going to wait a while. You know, stuff happens fast. But this is the year he had to get it done. If there was going to be a year totally. he was going to win a playoff game, he finally did it. But now it, 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 it gains so much more in the discussion about what Stafford is. There legitimately is a conversation to be had now, based on this weekend, what is Matt Stafford? Because... All the the monkey off the back discussion when it comes to Stafford and him finally winning in the playoffs. That seems like 10 years ago now. It's only been five days, but it seems like 10 years ago now because now it's can he uh, what, how, what do you, you you being a former a uh, uh, former quarterback, someone who I trust your opinion, high school football star, division one successful playoff quarterback. What is Matt Stafford? How do we define Matt Stafford's career? Good quarterback, bad situation, or just good quarterback who couldn't win? Like, reckless confidence. I mean, all the talent's there, but he hasn't been put in situations where he's, like, under this spotlight. So, in, in Detroit, he could be reckless. When, when you're playing for a team that's not winning, he never was going to be to blame. He was never going to be blamed for anything. Exactly. So, so he's been able to be that gunslinger, you know, jump in the game with a separated shoulder and make plays because, you know, why not? You know, I play for the Lions. Like, there's not much at stake. Yeah. So now we're seeing him have to kind of sew his talent together. And we've seen a lot of, you know, pick sixes, a lot of reckless mistakes this year, and he's taken a lot of heat for it, most that he hasn't before in the past. And he's still done this kind of, these turnovers and in in this, you know, goofy play at times, but... Now the spotlight's on. He has to put it together. So it's like a gunslinger has to has to be smart, has to turn down that recklessness. I wonder here. I'm going to try and put it into words here. Matt Stafford, good quarterback, bad situation, inconsistent rebirth. How about that? I mean, that's that? accurate. Good quarterback, bad situation, inconsistent rebirth in L.A. And maybe I'm focusing too much on the inconsistent, but what I'm saying is if you want to maintain I was a good quarterback in a bad situation, then you have to perform in this game. You can't be inconsistent L.A. Rams quarterback Matt Stafford. You have to be Detroit Lions gunslinger turned maximizing your weapons in Los Angeles Matt Stafford. And I just don't know... I, I that gets my juices going right there. What an <laughs> opportunity! Up. Let's go. Stafford is going to sling it around the yard. But I don't trust him. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I know your juices are flowing and you love it, but I don't trust it. Not against that team. Not in that situation. It's why I think the Bucks have the best chance, even with the wide receiver injuries, even with the offensive line injuries. I think they have the best chance of a double-digit home victory in the playoffs this weekend which home team has the best chance in the nfl divisional round this weekend 
888-760-3776. We'll go back to the phones. We'll head to Riviera Beach. That's where Leo is. Hey, Leo. Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I really think that, just to piggyback real quick off the Stafford thing, mm-hmm. I was first in my fantasy league going into the playoffs, and I was ahead by 25 points after the first week of the playoffs. And then Matt Stafford decides to have the worst two weeks of his career. I end up fourth in my fantasy league. So I don't trust I don't trust Matt Stafford as far as I can throw him. It's just it's it's almost like he's 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 prone to those bonehead plays like Brett Favre was used to doing. Yep. And since he's never been on a good team, uh, you know those those mistakes can't be hidden like that. So I just feel like I'm I'm just worried for Matt Stafford's. Uh, you know, playoff future after playing Tampa Bay this weekend. I really think that it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, and uh, I'm not going to put it past do you think, Stafford to have another clunker. So, of the of the four home teams, do you think that that Tampa has the best chance to move on? Definitely, because I really think that it comes down to the quarterback play a lot of times in the playoffs. And if if Stafford throws a pick early or or a couple picks. It's gonna be. It's gonna put Brady in field position, and I, like you said, I could see it being like a thirty-five ten game, yeah. where where the where the Rams tried to play defense, but their defense was put in bad positions, and then the offense never gets going. A la that thirteen-three loss. I mean, I know that's a different quarterback for the Super Bowl a few years ago, different teams, but I really think that you know the the Bucks can seal the deal and then go to the NFC Championship again. Leo, appreciate the call. What's crazy Stone is that the the Rams, you can make the argument of all the home teams this weekend, they have the most dynamic weapons of any of the home teams as a as a collection, as a collective. Uh Cup and Odell Beckham and then that vaunted defensive line with that outstanding secondary as a team, they have the most weapons, the most dynamic, explosive players of any road team. But because of the quarterback, you have your doubts. You have your doubts so much so that we think they have the worst chance of going on the road and winning this weekend. You know, that's crazy. I, it is. I don't know. It, it, it flies in the face of everything the Rams should be. But because of that position, we just don't know. We're giving Joe Burrow more of a benefit of the doubt than we are You're Matt so Stafford. Right. But That's there's a reason up. for it. There's a reason for it because because they played the on the same college team. Because of the <laughs> hey, thanks, Keyshawn. Because <laughs> of the because of the matchup, and I know that Brady's just a guy, but he has this mythical uh, aura about him. That's about as bad uh, a, 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 a sports angle as Keyshawn <laughs> Johnson's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the Bengals are going to win because they played together in college. I get that, but the mere thought. Of Matt Stafford, who again gets interceptiony and gets mistakey, going to Tampa to beat Brady, that's what makes you not feel good. Even if the Rams have all those weapons, that singularly, and it might be uninformed and it might be uneducated, but that's why I feel bad about it. You know who has the easiest job of all players and coaches in that game? Keyshawn. Oh, I thought you were talking about just in all sports. Who? <laughs> who? The defensive coordinator for the Rams. You mentioned firepower, Von Miller. Aaron Donald, these guys who can come off the edge, Jalen yeah. Ramsey, like they're going to go. give that D-line hell. Yeah, So many twists, so many games, so many stunts. They're going to lean on Tristan Wirfs and just you know put the good players on that side and just beat his ankle up. Ryan Jensen, I don't know if you remember, went mm. down, came back in the game. That's a tough guy, but you know you got Aaron Donald coming on a twist. 
you know, hitting you on your bad ankle and leaning on that shoulder. Like, like Tom Brady, it, they're looking for a turnover in that first quarter, and the Rams are in business. I think if the defense can gain steam and confidence, that's the angle we take. Yeah. And Matt Stafford can come in with, with no weight on his shoulders. You know, we're up 7-0, and I got the ball on the plus 40. Game on. Well, that, that's the thing then. If the defense is going to be the defense, and uh, the reason Raheem Morris will get another head coaching job at some point. No doubt. Uh, but the, if the defense plays like the Rams, uh, you have all those offensive weapons. I mean, it is solely going to be on Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is going to be the reason that the Rams can either A, hang in there and compete, or B, melt down in Tampa. They say in tennis, you know, the game's on this player's racket. Is this game on Matthew Stafford's arm? It's on his arm. Is Absolutely. It? Is that It is on that beautiful head of hair. It is on that right arm. This is on Matt Stafford. You got a nice smile but too. But it's because a guy that we believe to be good is so inconsistent. It's why we think he has the worst chance of going on the road and winning this weekend. It's wild how one player in one position in that sport can make you think so many different things. You think it shouldn't matter, but it does. Which home team has the best chance to hold serve in the NFL playoffs this weekend? Which home team has the best chance of hanging on and advancing? I say Tampa. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Also... When it comes to head-to-head, player versus player, Mahomes and Allen, is that the best in sports right now? Is that the best head-to-head? And I know they don't go head-to-head literally on the field. But the best matchup, 1v1, is it Allen and Mahomes as for the win in that article we read? Speculates. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Because I can't think of one better. I can't think of one better now that Ronaldo and Messi no longer play one another twice a year. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The home team that has the best chance to hold serve in the NFL playoffs. And what's the best player versus player 1v1 in sports right now? We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. He's Stone Labanowitz. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Home team most likely to win this weekend. The home team most likely to win this weekend in the NFL playoffs. Also the best player versus player head-to-head matchup in sports right now. Is it Allen and Mahomes? We'll have your social media responses in just a second. Want to tell you about Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I got my Kia K5 GT from there, and uh, Greenway Kia is, here's the plan, okay? You're in the market for a car. You're in the market for an automobile. You want something safe. You want something reliable. You want something good quality. Well, that's Kia through and through. You want something, too, where you're going to be able to go in and you're going to have an easy car buying experience. You're going to have a non-pressure car buying experience and a car buying experience where you're not there all day. Here's what you do. Tomorrow morning, you go to Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, and you're going to be out in plenty of time after you buy your new Kia automobile to be ready for the first NFL playoff game. How about that? Greenway Kia West Palm Beach there is no pressure there. It's great. What an outstanding carbine experience. What are you looking for, sir or ma'am? 
what's uh, what, what's something that, that you think works best for your family or for you? Hey, let's go for a test drive. Oh, your credit's not, not good? That's okay. We have a credit clinic here at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Of course, I'm paraphrasing the experience, but that is the experience that you're going to have at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's why I do business with Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's why you're going to keep coming back for more. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check out the selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Check out their deals this weekend. They'll get you in and out with your new Kia in time for the NFL playoffs. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Real quick, Stone, uh, the road team, uh, the, the home team most likely to hold serve based on social media votes right now. The Packers, overwhelming our social media voters, think the Packers are going to have a fairly easy time with the 49ers or an easier time with San Francisco than any other home team will with their opponent this weekend. I'm a little surprised by that because I also don't buy that. You mean the team favored by the most points Yeah, is the most voted on team to hold serve? See, but that's a weird line. That's a weird line. It is. Hold on, I'm going to pick your brain. I'm going to pick. We'll do a bright line, fine line when we come back. I'm going to pick your brain on that line because I don't. I don't trust five and a half. Not with with Brady's history. Not with how strong the 49ers can be with some of those weapons. And by the way, best player versus player head to head matchups in sports right now. Uh, Kenny tweets: It's KD versus Giannis. We hope Allen Mahomes is the new Brady Manning. Katie and Giannis, I mean... I don't even remember them playing each other. Playoffs last year. Of course. It was a good series. But outside of that, we don't have... I mean, maybe we're we're hoping that that's the best, or maybe he thinks individually that's the most entertaining 1v1. But yeah, I haven't seen enough of it where I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Uh, Mike G tweets, Novak versus Nadal. I was going to say that, but... Well, yeah, not at the uh, not at the Australian Open. Uh, (laughs) JGH says, Brady Rogers... Yeah, I think there's more Brady Rogers as the best head-to-head as opposed to Allen Mahomes uh, right now. And then Omaha Finn says, wrong. Allen doesn't play against Mahomes. He plays against the defense. Thanks, Omaha Finn. I don't know the rules of football. Tell me more. And the same with Mahomes. Player versus player would be in basketball or tennis, not football. Now, Allen versus Mahomes in basketball would be fun to watch. (laughs) Asshat. He's still in the Banowitz. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. About to get to the listening lunch. Ken Levick Alive here on ESPN 106.3. The home team that has the best chance to hold serve in the NFL playoffs this weekend. I think it's the Buccaneers. Stone thinks it's the Buccaneers. By the way, Stone the Bandit, it's Friday Night Lights. That's him. I'm Ken Levick, and my name's on the show, Ken Levick Alive, here on ESPN 106.3, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. But Stone also likes to throw a little bit of his cash around. Is that a, a proper way to put it when it comes to sports, Stone? The most proper. Yeah, the most proper. He likes to throw his cash around. So let's get... To the Brightline Fine Line, and let's focus in here on the divisional round. Brightline Fine Line, obviously presented to you by Brightline. Download the Brightline app, go brightline.com, and go ahead and ride the easiest way to get through South Florida, whether it is West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. That's Brightline. Go brightline.com 
or the free Brightline app. All right, so you've been talking about mushing and smushing and pushing and whatever these words you're using to describe your gambling uh, strategies here for the divisional round. Uh, you're saying that the majority of the money's been coming in on Buffalo for this weekend? Just about 80%. 80% of the money. 80% so all of the four money. games, combined money, 80% of that money is going towards Josh Allen. 80% of the money bet on the Chiefs and Bills. Oh, it's, okay. All right, all right. Chiefs Which and makes Bills. it even worse. Yeah, Chiefs and Bills is going towards Buffalo. So out of 100 people, 80 of them pick the Bills. So the, the fact that I think me, common man dope, I sat here on this show and I said about, oh, 45 minutes ago, I think that the Bills have the best chance of beating a home team this weekend in the division round, beating the Chiefs. That's not some novel concept. Red flag. That's not such uh, some ridiculous take where I'm going out on a limb and putting myself out there. Me and the vast majority of the betting, like the vast majority of the betting public are on the same page. So you, that's a red flag. Why is that? Because that means that uh, like it, it seems too good to be true. Right, because Vegas never loses and the public never wins. So whenever there's... A majority on one side, you then use the phrase "fade the public." Okay, you are considering yourself the public okay. now. I, I so am, my I am best a man strategy, of the people. And if anybody wants to make any money, you fade the public and go Chiefs. Okay, so is that what Stone Labanowitz is going to do? That is exactly what I'm going to do. My bright line, fine line, this weekend, AFC NFC divisional round would be the Chiefs minus the one and a half. Okay, so Chiefs minus one and a half. That's your bright line, fine line. You are scared off by the fact that 80% of the money for that game is going to Buffalo. They're too trendy. There's too much confidence in them right now. Too trendy. So another phrase I'll throw at you is called getting mushed. What happens you when, are a, such a dork. when a team just gets hammered, uh-huh. hammered, 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 they eventually get mushed okay. and they become dead. So that is uh, apparently what's happening this uh, week. The Bills are dead. This. Okay. The Bills are dead. Okay, they've been mushed. They've been mushed. Got it. So the bright line, fine line, Stone Labanowitz says, hey, all you idiots, the 80% of you putting your money to, the, uh, to, to Buffalo, you're getting mushed. That's why he says Chiefs minus one and a half in the AFC divisional round. And that is your bright line, fine line, bright line. I, I don't understand the words and the things that Stone Labanowitz just said. I'm sure some of you, you, you completely made sense of that, and you were good with that. I do know that what makes much more sense for me is easily traveling through South Florida, and I do that with Brightline. That's easy for me. Hey, look, big yellow train, and it goes fast. I'm going to go on that. That's easy for me. Brightline is back and better than ever. New restaurant station upgrades the new Brightline Plus service to get you to and from stations going car-free, care-free in South Florida. Easier than ever. Trains run daily between Miami, West Palm, and Fort Lauderdale. Right now, groups of four more can save 25% on smart fares. Just enter the code all aboard on the Brightline app or gobrightline.com. Get your discount with the riding with family, friends, or colleagues. Plus, Kids under the age of 12 get to ride the Brightline for free with a purchase of an adult ticket. Download the Brightline app or visit GoBrightline.com and enjoy the Brightline. It's back and better than ever in 2022. That's Brightline. GoBrightline.com. All right, let's get to the listening lunch here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, these are the audio clips you need to hear. 
And we break them down for you. Your lunchtime. Here, the listening lunch on Ken Levick Alive. Actually, Stone, uh, can we re-listen to Keyshawn Johnson from this morning on ESPN 106.3, 6 to 10 a.m.? I just want everybody once again to hear why he thinks the Bengals are going to beat the Titans, why the Titans are going to go down. There ain't 80% of the money on the Bengals this weekend with Cincinnati going to Tennessee. Let me tell you, like with the Bills going to Kansas City, there's not going to be any mush there. Hey, Stone, you have an email. Not going to be any mush there. Uh, but this is Keyshawn Johnson this morning on why the Bengals are going to beat the Titans. Listen closely. I'm taking Burrow and Chase. I'm not even thinking about it. This is a matchup made in heaven. Two guys that went to LSU together. They just been phenomenal. People tried to tell me, and I wouldn't listen, that they were going to light up the scoreboard in the National Football League. But I was wrong. Now I'm right because I'm picking them. Yeah, he's picking them because... Quite simply, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase went to college together. That's quite a breakdown. I mean, Stone, you hear that? That makes you want to put money on Cincinnati, right? You want to you mush uh, Tennessee after hearing that from Keyshawn Johnson? Please don't ever call yourself a dope ever again if this man, Hall of Fame <laughs> wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. I love is, Keyshawn. I mean, I like his personality too, but you can't go and say that. That is literally that your reason. That can't be reason. your reason. Yeah, I, I, I told you. They played in college together. That's why they're going to win this weekend. Uh, Keyshawn, come on, man. Uh, Derrick Henry needs to throw 25 stiff arms around tomorrow just for Keyshawn Johnson alone. I mean, that take is absurd. I, I, I love that, though. I Listen, this job, it's a lot of, all right, well, I'll take this point and this point and this point, and I'll make a case around that. I, it's fine. It, de- it never occurred to me. Maybe Keyshawn's on to something. It never occurred to me to just say, hey, you know what? Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they went to the same college. So you know what? That's the X factor this weekend. So how is he proven right? Joe Burrow, 400 yards, and 300 of them are to Jamar? I mean, how does Keyshawn get on Monday if the Bengals win and be like, see, I told y'all. No, you know what it is? You know what it is? If the Bengals win, then what we'll do is we'll just find a picture of Joe Burrow throwing the ball to Jamar Chase at LSU. Case closed. And they went we'll to college say, together. That's you were right, Keyshawn. Yeah, Keyshawn, you were right. Well done. Here's your paycheck. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We are streaming on the free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google Play. ESPN 106.3. All right, I need to do something important here, Stone. Uh, today, we lost a, uh, a rock legend in Meatloaf. Meatloaf passing away today. Uh, and... As a kid, let me bring you back to my childhood, okay? I was... Let me see, actually. What year was I Would Do Anything for Love? What year did that come out? Let me double-check that real quick. Uh, Because I remember being a very young, impressionable kid when this came out. Uh, 1993. August 30th, 1993. So that made me nine years old. I was nine years old when when this song came out. And I spent a long time... Many, many years trying to figure out what he wouldn't do. He said he'd do anything for love, but he won't do that. Actually, let's hear it. Let's hear, let's hear Meatloaf here on the day of his passing. Let's hear this song. Now, here's the problem with this stone I'm about to do. I am just assuming that there... You can go ahead and play the, the Meatloaf song. It's fine. Um, you can turn down our bump music. There we go. See, it's a beautiful song. It's an outstanding rock ballad. And we'll eventually get to him saying I won't do that. Here we go. 
legendary chorus. Stone, you've heard this, right? Absolutely. Okay. There we go. So that. No, I won't do that. Yeah! (laughs) So, it always was puzzling to me, though, what wouldn't he do? If he's saying that he'd do anything for love, but I won't do that, what is he talking about? So at nine years old, you don't really think much of it, right? But as you get into your teenage years and you hear this, then you start having like weird things go into your head oh, about yeah. what Meatloaf could be talking about. I would do anything for love, but I, I won't do that. And as a teenager, you start thinking some sick stuff potentially is what Meatloaf is referring to. I never knew what he wouldn't do. He said he'd do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that. So I had to actually look it up today. It took me until Meatloaf died to actually look up what he was talking about. So apparently over the years, he has tried to lay it out. Let's go to Huffington Post here, okay? So here's the way that they explain it. Let me let me read from here. Uh, so uh, Meatloaf explained the lyrics in a 2014 interview. He explained it to Yahoo. Quote, Jim Steinman, who I worked with and had great success with, wrote the song. When we were recording it, Jim brings up the thing. He says, people aren't going to know what it is. I said, of course they are. How can they not know? He goes, they're not going to know what you wouldn't do for love. So what is that? Meatloaf explained, quote, it's the line before every chorus. There's nine of them, I think. The problem lies because Jimmy likes to write, so you forget what the line was before you get to, I won't do that. So if you listen closely to the song before the chorus, Meatloaf actually lays out what he wouldn't do. So he'd do anything for love, but he wouldn't do, but it's laid out before the chorus comes, so no one has any idea what he's talking about. So um, here's, here's apparently what he won't do. Some of the things the song says he won't do include, he won't forget the way you feel right now. He won't forgive himself if you don't go all the way tonight. He won't do it better than he does with you. And he won't stop dreaming of you every night of his life. Those are what he won't do. That's actually awesome. So that speaks to you. Here we go. Let's hear it one more time. But I won't do that. Meatloaf! No, I won't do that. I mean, can we be clear about something, too? And I know I'm dating myself. I know I'm aging myself here. I'm 37 years old. There's a wide collection of our listeners that may have never even known who Meatloaf was. Now, you've heard that song, right, Stone? Totally. Yeah, but you don't know that it was for Meatloaf, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you've never heard of Meatloaf before today. No, I, I thought it was some weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, or... no, excuse me? Um, uh, so, so, I know that I'm probably presenting something that some haven't heard, but that where the the beat kicks in and that song starts to go hard, that's one of the best rock ballad moments in the history of the music medium. That right there, where it kicks in, if that doesn't get you going, if that doesn't make you hot, nothing will, okay? I might actually need to bring in... uh, I might need to bring in JMP, our music insider here on Ken Levick Alive, 
because there was a bit of editorializing today from TMZ when they reported the death of Meatloaf. He said one of the greatest rock singers of all time has died at the age of 74 from COVID-19. Meatloaf, one of the greatest rock singers of all time, has died at the age of 74 from COVID-19. Now, was Meatloaf really one of the greatest rock singers of all time? I don't know about that. Was Meatloaf one of the greatest rock singers of all time? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm. Apparently, people are calling with what they thought the meaning of the song was. They would do anything for love, but they won't do that, Stone. Yeah, so he called me and he said, you know, I don't want to get put on air, mm-hmm. but the woman does mention in the song, you're going to be screwing around later on. Mm-hmm. And soon she after, does. I won't do that. Oh. Mmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I think everybody had a different interpretation. Me being juvenile, <laughs> I went immediately to, like, the X-rated stuff. I mean, I, I did as well. Yeah, because I know you. I know you, and you and I are <laughs> on the same wavelength, and we're both degenerates. Uh, but I think everybody <laughs> had a, a, a similar a, a, a similar experience where the hell is he talking about? But apparently, if you listen back to the song and do it today, this is one of the single best rock ballads of all time. He, he says what he won't do before he gets to the chorus. Every single time he gets to the chorus. Just for posterity's sake, Stone, can we get to the point of the song real quick where, uh, where it kicks in? Again, this is, this, is, this is it right here. Let's just let it ride. There we go. And we don't have to worry about paying royalties to him because he's dead. But I won't do that. He's not going to care anymore. No, I won't do that. Come on out! Woo! All right, that's good. Rest in peace, Meatloaf. And that'll do it for the listening lunch. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, ESPN West Palm, uh, the free app, uh, free ESPN app, and uh, on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, hey, Google Play, ESPN 106.3. Well, uh, Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Uh, He is our sports law insider, our sports agent insider. Uh, And uh, we'll talk to him in about six, seven minutes' time, uh, and we'll just get opinions on Meatloaf from him as well. Meatloaf, rest in peace. Didn't know your name was, was, was two words until today. Rest in peace, Meatloaf. This ballad flat out rolls. He's Stone Lebanowitz. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Uh, Meatloaf passing away today at the age of 74. Uh, but I bring in our music insider here on Ken Levick Alive, a man who knows more about music than uh, anyone I've ever met who knows anything about anything. Uh, JMP with us here on Ken Levick Alive. And JMP, here's why you're in here, because I have to ask you a very important question. Uh, upon the death of Meatloaf this morning, TMZ tweeted the following. They, of course, were the first to report the passing of Meatloaf yeah. in true TMZ fashion. As I would expect. Yeah, but they tweeted Meatloaf. One of the greatest rock singers of all time has died at the age of 74. Now, I ask you, wise music sage, is Meatloaf indeed one of the greatest rock singers of all time? No, 
I would not consider him one of, I mean, he is an icon from the standpoint of, I guess, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the Bat Out of Hell album, I think in 78, 77, I mean, that is one of the probably top 20 iconic classic rock uh, albums of all time. And Stone, you said that's the third highest selling album of all time, right? All time. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, So... From that period, I mean, that was absolutely gargantuan. Um, and I think, you know, for for his genre, which, you know, I guess is like sort of classic rock, sort of showmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I never got a chance to see him live, but, you know, like kind of the theat, you know, it was kind of like almost like a theatrical. Yeah, he rock was eccentric. Singer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he's an, he's an icon from that standpoint. But like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about greatest and, you know, if you're, for me, greatest is like, you know, top 10, top 20. Yeah. Like, no, like I'm not putting him with any of the Beatles. I'm not putting him with Springsteen or Tom Petty or Elton John or yeah. Billy Joel or Mick Jagger, Mick or Jagger right. you know, Kirk Cobain, you know, no, like I'm not, I'm not putting him on, on that list. I mean, he is an icon, but I mean, he was essentially known, you know, in terms of like music history. I mean, he had the one monstrous album. And then, like, two decades later, you know, he comes out of nowhere and does the, you know, I Do Anything for Love, which was a number one hit for a while. But, like, he didn't have the staying power, no. I feel like, as a superstar musician. I think that that there are some who may know him more as the guy with breasts in Fight Club than they would actually <laughs> rock sensation uh, Meat Love. And I think that being... Is, that's one of the most overrated movies ever made, so I, I try to forget. JMP! Uh, brought in to talk music and giving good, good, hot music takes. I like it. Or uh, movie takes. Uh, but Meatloaf, to, to speak to your point, and appreciate it as always, is our music insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Um, successful and greatest can be two different things. And successful, sure, he's one of, I suppose, one of the most successful of all time. Again, if you have the third best-selling album, that's saying something. But greatest, yeah, I, I don't, you're right. Uh, he doesn't have the... To, to be a greatest, you have to have a societal impact. You have to uh, you fit into the framework and the fabric of, of rock, and he doesn't do that. He's certainly never the first that comes to mind when you talk greatest rock singers. By the way, uh, where are you on a Black Dog? Uh, the great Meatloaf Patrick Swayze uh, <laughs> Smoking the Bandit movie? <laughs> I, I have not thought about it in 15 years until you brought it up right now. Might not be a worse movie than Fight Club. Oh, man. I did not know JMP had uh, had had the opposition to Fight Club that he does. I like that. I, I like Fight no, Club. I was going to say, like, where, like, do you agree it. with me or are you? Like, no, no, no. I, I know most people like bow at the altar. No, because here's the thing. I'm a huge Edward Norton guy. I'm a huge Brad Pitt guy. Yeah, same so, here. But I, and I, so I like Fight Club. Um, I'm into Fight Club, but I do like the fact that you're taking, I think, what's an unpopular take and you stand by it. I appreciate. I just that. don't know what that movie is actually like. I know that people think <laughs> that that movie is about like something oh, incredible. I don't know the symbol. I don't know it. what that movie is actually saying or what it's about, other than it's pretending to be something a lot more self-important than a bunch of guys oh, beating yeah. the crap out of each other. Yeah, time. no, I think so, but I think it's fun. I think it's a fun movie and it's a weird movie, and that's why I appreciate it. And Brad Pitt is awesome in that movie as well. Uh, JMP, uh, I appreciate your your insight on Meatloaf. I agree with you uh, that he's not the one of the greatest rock singers of all time. What about the food Meatloaf? Uh, awful, awful. 
Yeah. Oh, I like meatloaf. Uh, no, meatloaf is bad. I might go meatloaf food over, over meatloaf, meatloaf the singer. The singer. Do you like meatloaf the food or meatloaf the singer better? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And uh, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. For the sake of, uh, of being mean to the recently departed, it's a legitimate question. That's a good question, being mean JMP. to him. No, he doesn't just, care. He's dead. Popping up meatloaf yeah. for food. Uh, meatloaf the food. The consistency, the texture is bad, and you, the fact that you need ketchup with it, like one of the ingredients is like, oh, meatloaf, meatloaf should have ketchup. If ketchup is a necessity on a food, well, I like barbecue then, sauce. I am normally more of a barbecue sauce than meatloaf. Okay, but I feel like traditional meatloaf is like ketchup. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you have to have that, if that's part of it. I mean, the it, thing with the meatloaf, like meatloaf, is uh, it is really easy to screw up. Oh, like, yeah. like yeah, bad yeah. meatloaf is really bad meatloaf, yeah. but there is great meatloaf. I don't know about that. I think it's a legitimate question, though. I'm not a big meatloaf the food fan. What's better, meatloaf the food or meatloaf the singer? 888-760-3776. JMP, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Pleasure is all. JMP, our music insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, again, meatloaf the food or meatloaf the singer? I like that. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Friday Night Lights, let's go ahead and get uh, Lawler uh, here. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, uh, long-time NFL agent. He is our sports agent insider and sports law insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, again, very important question Meatloaf the food or Meatloaf the singer? Credit to JMP, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Four-game flex pack, single-game tickets on sale now at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. The American League champion, Houston Astros and Washington Nationals. All you have to do to get tickets, go to ballparkpalmbeaches.com, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. 160 acres of fan-friendly fun with 7,700 seats, 360-degree concourse. There is not a ballpark like it. Uh, Party decks and a whole lot more. The big games, uh, March 12th, the Astros and the Braves in a World Series rematch. And then the Yankees come to town March 18th. The Red Sox in town March 21st. The Mets are in town six different times. Ballpark, the Palm Beaches, ballparkpalmbeaches.com, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. What's better, Meatloaf the food or Meatloaf the singer? 888-760-3776. The aliens in Florida. What's up, alien? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, Meatloaf is, as a food is okay, but I mean, uh, Meatloaf, the performer, was uh, way greater, I think. You know, like, for instance, when he did, uh, when he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. He was really good in that. He was. And you know, I, he, I think that, and I don't think, uh, we were discussing where TMZ says this one is the greatest rock singers of all time. I don't know about that, but if you would change the word to performer, I think it's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah. I know when they say one of the greatest, I don't think they were saying the greatest of all time. I think just say one of the greatest. And yeah. I agree with that. I think he was really, uh, he really put on a good show. You know what I mean? And he had a powerful voice and. It should be missed, you know? Oh, without question. Without question. We appreciate the call. Yeah. 888-760-3776. Again, meatloaf or meatloaf the food or meatloaf the singer? 888-760-3776. 888 760 
3776. Uh, let's go ahead and see if we can get uh, one more in here. And uh, we're, of course, going to pose this to Pat Lawler. Poor Pat. He comes on thinking that he's talking about uh, sports agent news, sports law news, and I always throw him to the wolves with this, with just ridiculous, ridiculous discussion points. Stone, I think it's safe to say that the show has gone completely off the rails, right? Uh, completely off the rails? I mean, I don't know. I think people in their cars today are probably jamming meatloaf on their way to work. Well, I know I did on the way up here. My point exactly. I listened to a bunch of meatloaf, actually, on the, the way up here, um, but... As far as Meatloaf, one of the greatest rock singers of all time, I'm with JMP. You're talking top 10 or 20 if you're going to have that conversation. He's not one of the top 10 or 20 rock singers of all time. But to Alien's point, if you change the wording to one of the greatest rock performers of all time, totally different wow, discussion. I didn't hear that. Where I think Meatloaf, if it happened, if it happened, Meatloaf is absolutely a top 10 rock performer of all time. He was eccentric. He was over the top. He was a showman. Performer and singer are two very different things. Meatloaf, the performer, elite level, all-time great. Meatloaf, the singer, meh. Rocco's in West Palm. Rocco's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Rocco. Hey, how we doing today? Good, buddy. Listen, Meatloaf, the food, way over Meatloaf, but no way he's in the top ten because I wouldn't even put David Lee Roth in the top oh, ten. And you're going to tell me he's a better performer yeah. than Diamond Dave? Uh, hey, Rocco, you and I are on the same page, man. We're on the same page. Here. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I'm... I saw Meatloaf back in the 70s, brother. Uh, and that's when he was in his prime. That's when he could still sing live at that point. And he wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, Rocco, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, Rocco. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Let's bring in uh, Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. Spent decades as an NFL agent, uh, and uh, he is our sports agent insider, sports law insider here on Ken Levick alive. Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys taking care of all your personal injury needs. Want to lawyerup.com for your free consultation. So before we get to actual things that are going to benefit people and and help them learn things, Pat, uh, I I do want to throw out to you first things first who is the home team that you think has the best chance of holding serve this weekend in the nfl playoffs i think it's tampa because i don't trust stafford going up against brady on the road in this setting but what home team do you feel most confident about this weekend uh green bay no question ken i mean aaron Rodgers up there in green bay uh just too tough 49ers just don't know what they have but I mean, every year except for that loss last year to the Bucks, he's been stellar at home in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now uh, to the Meatloaf conversation. Yeah, is Meatloaf one of the greatest rock singers of all time? Performers, yes. Singers, eh. <laughs> but let me tell you, Dashboard Light to me. The people forget what an anthem and video that was. Yeah. Everything and included. The duel between him and the girl, you know, Phil Rizzuto. Whoever thinks Phil Rizzuto right, right, right. would be the essence of a great rock song. Just a phenomenal song. Had a chance to meet him at Dan Marino's golf tournament years ago. What a nice guy. I, I love listening to his music. And what about Meatloaf the Food? What are your thoughts on Meatloaf the Food? The food is not my favorite. Yeah. Give me a burger any day. When you throw all that other stuff in there, it's like getting a crab cake. With all that crap in it. Just give me the Maryland crab cake, you know, and the dip. Ah, damn men, Pat Lawler. That is perfectly said. Enough of the other crap. 
Like, just give me the essence of the meal. That's right. And I don't need meat that looks like bread. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Wanttolawyerup.com. If you think that that his takes on rock music and meatloaf are good, just wait until uh, he fights for you in a personal injury matter. That's Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. They have decades of trial experience. Lawler & Associates. Wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. All right, Pat, let's jump in here. Uh, we heard a lot last week about Tom Brady purposely throwing to Rob Gronkowski to make sure that he got his incentives on his contract. Bucks players were saying that Byron Leftwich in particular was leading the charge with that. He has told guys, hey, let me know where you are in your contracts and we're going to z- design plays for you. Bruce Arians fully on board in Tampa. How many NFL coaches will openly try to help players hit their incentives, do you think? Years ago, not many because they were so tied into management and they weren't making the money and had the power. Nowadays, I think there's a lot, uh, uh, a lot bigger difference in coaches knowing what the incentives are and being told what they are. Uh, and it also depends on the uh, situation. A team like the Bucks who are in the playoffs, uh, every coach wants a guy to max his, uh, max his contract out. It, it, believe it or not, Ken, the price of the teams and the ownership and billions of dollars they're still cheap as hell. Yeah, these guys are cheap. They will nickel and dime guys to death, <laughs> even the big guys. And and I have many examples of it over the years. Like true millionaires and billionaires, they tend to be the biggest nickels and dimers, uh, and, and and they they do. I know that they they live large there in the NFL. Real quick, I wanted to. Bruce Arians has been the subject of a, a lot of discussion over the last couple of weeks. First with AB, and then he got fined fifty thousand dollars this week for striking one of his players in the helmet. Now Stone Labanowitz, uh, you know, he played Division One football. He said he didn't think it was that big a deal, but you saw the video. You saw Bruce Arians make contact with his player. Uh, what's going on there? Do you think that, that there is a, there's a little bit of a disconnect, old school and modern-day player with Arians, or do you think in that locker room everything's kosher? Oh, no, no, I think it's kosher. That's just Bruce. And anybody who's been around him and knows him, he is old school. He will get in your face, a little slap in the helmet. Nobody wants to see any aggressive contact towards a player. But if you go through the film see how many times that player got hit in the head with somebody else's arm or hand or helmet, and he just gave him a slap in the head. I mean, relax, okay? Relax, people. <laughs> Enough's enough. It's football. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, and I was I was hard on Bruce a couple of days ago, but the fact that uh, the player didn't turn around and go after Bruce Arians led me to believe that, hey, they just know that that's Bruce. And I'm sort of coming around on that. Uh, uh, so, Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Again, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Slip and fall, motorcycle, automobile, whatever the personal injury matter, Pat has your back. Period. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, want to lawyer up. Dot com. Uh, why does baseball have such contentious labor issues all the time? Why are we in this place where we might not have spring training? It's for your. It's because they have a. Uh, they're immune from uh, monopolies. They're immune from antitrust, and they've lived large off of that for years, and they continue it to do it. But mainly, it's because of the. the People really don't understand baseball. Say they see $43 million a year for sure. They're a $300 million contract. The middle-of-the-road guys, and particularly the rookies, are getting shafted. It takes six years to get to free agent, Ken. That's insane. That doesn't count how many years you dwelled in the minors before you get there. Yeah, yeah. So the money that these – listen, their revenues are going up. The average salary of a baseball player is going down, and this is continuing to be it, and they need to do something. Uh, and – 
it's it's out of hand, and until they can remedy that middle of the road, guys, because the NFL had that years ago. I don't know if your viewers know. I mean, your listeners know it, but the veterans, when they got to a certain point after five years, they had a a, a veteran minimum they had to get. And a lot of teams didn't take these older veterans because they didn't want to pay them a million, a million, two, a million, three. So the league instituted a a supplement to these salaries to keep these older guys in there. And that's what's happening. These guys are getting up to the point where they're getting free agent. They say, ah, we'll stick with the young guys at league minimum, 500, 600,000 a year. I mean, Pete Alonso is a perfect example of that. What he's made over the years is peanuts compared to what these guys make. Yeah, yeah. It, baseball just, it, the, the union has so much power. The owners have so much power. They're stalemates. There's bad faith all over the place. It's just, it seems bad all the way around. Speaking of bad in Philadelphia, Daryl Morey, uh, Sixers GM, saying, yeah, I get to see Ben Simmons uh, helping us at some point. But Ben Simmons, I, I mean, it's clear he wants nothing to do with the Sixers. He doesn't want to play, just completely wasting a season. He seems like someone you just absolutely don't want to deal with what do you think ultimately is the resolution between 76ers v. Simmons? A trade. I mean, number one, there's no way that Ben could play in front of those Sixer fans. Oh, my God. They're, they're passionate, but they, they rode him so hard at the end, and, and he didn't play well, and it just got to him. Um, whether his mental issues are as significant as he says, I think we have to take that with what he says. Uh, you know, it's a difficult situation that people are in sometimes. But he needs to get out of there. Maybe in Atlanta or somewhere else where he could fit in with a, with a different type of crowd, maybe not as aggressive as a, as, a, as a New York or Philadelphia crowd, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that the Sixers are hanging on because the value for Simmons is tanked so hard, and they're trying to recoup something in a deal. But at some point, you just have to cut bait and just take the grief from the fans, right? Absolutely. I mean, you have to do that. I think what it is is that they, they've, let, they've created their own monster. They should have seen at the end of the year that this was going to happen and worked a deal right then when he was still considered, and I still think he can be a great point guard uh, with his flaws, but to get rid of him at that point, and they would have they would have uh, come out of it with some money and some other players. But they, they created their own monster up there. Man, Pat Lawler, he is absolute aces when it comes to NBA strife. Labor strife in baseball, NFL locker rooms, not to mention rock music as well. He covers every single base, and he always does it. He always has fun with us, and that's Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, and more than that, he has your back. Uh, listen, I know that some people say, oh, man, personal injury. Like Down here in South Florida, yeah, there are some, some sketchy characters. Pat Lawler and Lawler and Associates, they have your back. They are fighting for you. They want to get you what you deserve in any personal injury matter. That's wanttolawyerup.com. Wanttolawyerup.com. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat, I really appreciate you, brother. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, okay? All right, Ken. Be good. Be safe. Everybody have a good weekend. Thanks. All right, brother. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Meatloaf, was he an all-time great rock singer? And what's better, Meatloaf the singer or Meatloaf the food? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. That's 888-760-3776. He's still the Banowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. Ken Levicka Live presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 
The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Good to see Dr. Jim Reardon last night at FAU's big basketball win over Western Kentucky. That's right. Giving pub to FAU. Play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic. It's my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. Go Owls. Uh, Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He's with me. We got another 10 minutes or so here on Ken Levick Alive. Let me tell you a little bit about the South Florida Fair. Because it's going on this weekend. South Florida Fairgrounds. West Palm Beach. Take the family. SouthFloridaFair.com. Get your passes, and there's so much going on there. Now, I know that Friday Night Lights is a big fan of the food there. Now, are you going funnel cakes? You going elephant ears? You going kebabs? So what's your go-to here at Friday Night Lights? I'll go funnel cake, walk around a little bit, play a few games, then right to the turkey leg. All right, the big big old turkey leg. Yep. Uh, Don't forget all the shows they've got. At the South Florida Fair, again, like Stone mentioned, the ride to the South Florida Fair, the yesteryear village, it's all there. The music, South Florida Fair, southfloridafair.com. Get your passes. Make sure to bring out the family. Going on right now through the 30th at the South Florida Fairgrounds. That's the South Florida Fair, southfloridafair.com. A couple of questions I have about some pretty notable coaches here before we uh, we wrap up here on, on Ken Levickalov. I want to start in college basketball. Penny Hardaway is the head coach at Memphis. Now, this is this is edited, right, Stone? This is uh, bleeped out and good to go. It is bleeped out. Grabbed it from the old ESPN. Okay, good, good. Disney Company, we're safe. Everything's fine. Uh, Penny Hardaway is the coach of Memphis, and they lost to SMU last night. Uh, Memphis is a team that is full of five-star guys, a lot of expectations. I know for some that don't follow college basketball until the tournament, just trust me when I tell you this was a team that before the season had plenty of people picking them to go to the Final Four. But they're barely above 500. They're really struggling in uh, the AAC right now, in the American, and suffering the lost SMU last night. Listen to Penny Hardaway go at Memphis Media. Listen to this from Penny. Penny. I can say to this media because this media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me. We don't have our full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. It's not a good look. That's not a good look. Penny Hardaway, someone that the, the, the kids that play for him look up to, someone who took on the responsibility of taking over a notable college basketball program as a big name. He knows he's going to get attention. That's unacceptable, especially in college basketball. Now, SMU had five seniors starting last night, but none of them were five-star guys. Two of the players, the freshmen that are being forced into action for Memphis that Penny Hardaway is now making excuses for, they're five-star guys. Stone, have you ever heard John Calipari, who almost every year has five freshmen starting or four freshmen and a sophomore? Have you ever heard him go at Kentucky media like that? Absolutely not. Yeah. If anything, he defends his freshmen for Mm -hmm. playing a part Mm -hmm. and being awesome. But he rarely makes it contentious. 
that's just um, that's sensitive from Penny Hardaway. That's a guy that reads way too many headlines. Penny Hardaway was sensitive to criticism as a player, and nothing has changed with Penny Hardaway, the coach. Let me that ask, is unacceptable. Let me ask you this. Did you hear the question the reporter asked? He asked, uh, paraphrase it for me. He asked, do you think you can still get the job done here? That's, a, that's disrespectful. Well, I mean, last year, they had all the pieces to go to the NCAA tournament. Did they go? No. They made the NIT. Yeah, it's not a great question. It's not a great question. Penny hasn't been there long enough for them to start questioning his job. But also, when you're starting a bunch of freshmen because you're injured or there's been COVID, but you still have two five-stars in your lineup, you should do better. It seems like he's making excuses. He's making excuses. Let me just give you an example. College basketball, this year especially, between injuries, between COVID, every college basketball program has been touched by that. You know what? You've got to adjust. You've got to move on. I'm not here to just solely prop up FAU, and FAU is barely a blip on the college basketball radar. But three years ago, Florida Atlantic with Three starters injured, not playing, went to Champaign, Illinois, and beat Illinois. Went to the Big Ten and won because Dusty May just adjusted. John Calipari adjusts. Mark Few adjusts. Coach K adjusts. Penny cries. Penny Hardaway, I I don't know, a reaction like that? I wonder if he's just, if he has enough fortitude to actually be a big-time college basketball coach. That was really immature. And... That doesn't reflect well on those young guys that he's making excuses for. I get it. It's all freshmen, and they're struggling. But the coach needs to be better than that. Absolutely has to be. That's a bad look on Penny Hardaway. Then there's Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy yesterday talking about the Cowboys and what led to their demise on Sunday. Here's Mike McCarthy about what he felt about his team early in that game against the 49ers. Um, I thought we were nervous to start the game. Uh, felt it in the locker room at the team prayer, um, but I thought we fought through that okay. I mean, I, you know, they, we held them to field goals, and I think once our guys settled in, um, I, I, th- I thought I thought that you know it balanced out and the competitiveness there. But you know, the the up and down was a challenge. You know, the offense not getting into a rhythm. You know, I thought the defense played stronger in the second second half, gave us gave us a chance to stay in the game, and you know, we needed to make a couple more plays on offense. Just here one more time, the first couple of seconds of that. Um, I thought we were nervous to yep. start the game. Uh, yep, it there it is. I thought we were nervous. Uh, Let me ask you, locker room presence, man who's had plenty of football experience leading a team as the quarterback, Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Do you think the Cowboys appreciated Mike McCarthy telling media that he thought his team was nervous before that game against the 49ers? No, they most definitely didn't. But as a quarterback, I'm not going to lie when I tell you that I've had those conversations with my head coach before. Pre-game, stretch, but should routes the head coach, on air. Should the head coach be speaking on your behalf about whether or not you were nervous? Putting it out there, especially if you're the head coach of the Cowboys. No. Because there are code words you can use, like tight. You guys were tight. Oh, you got You're Our right. You're right. Tight. You're right. Nervous? That's not going to play well. Like they're kids or something. Yeah. In that market, with a team that, let's be clear, the Cowboys are full of veterans. These aren't guys that were new to the playoff spotlight. These are vets with a highly paid quarterback. That's a great point. And an experienced receiving core. An experience up and down the defensive line. 
that's not. They might have been nervous. That's fine. On one hand, Mike McCarthy is being open. He's being transparent. I appreciate that. But if you're the head coach of the Cowboys, you probably need to choose your words a little bit better. This is just PR 101 for me. Don't use nervous. Say tight. Especially when you're a coach who already, (laughs) the majority of the fan base has already turned its back on you. How about some self-preservation? We were tight. We were lethargic in warm-up. Yeah, yeah. We were, but even that, though, fans will be like, how could you be lethargic? How could you be lethargic? It's a playoff game. Just say tight. We were tight. We were pressing. We were tight. It's as simple as that. But to say, yeah, we were nervous with a locker room, that many veterans, and that team, ugh, he's, just, he's creating, Mike McCarthy's creating problems for himself that he doesn't need to have. That's my biggest issue. He doesn't need to have those issues that's self-inflicted wounds. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's wrong. I appreciate his transparency, but he's got he's to read the situation a little bit better. That'll do it. What a damn week, Stone. What a week here on Ken Levick Alive. Meatloaf is going to take us out, passing away at the age of 74. Now one of the greatest rock singers of all time, TMZ. But this song is a damned banger, and no one can tell me otherwise. Let's ride this out for the next... 30 seconds or so. For Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, I'm Ken Levicka. I've been live on ESPN 106.3. Woo! Have a great